0: Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast on FX Scouts. We're going to continue talking about the costs of trading with different brokers, but this time we're going to discuss non-trading fees. Remember, if you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at FX Scouts, and you can also email us at podcast at fxscouts.com.
1: Hey Alison, how are you doing today?
0: Yeah, doing very good. How's it going your side?
1: Yeah, not bad at all, thanks. Not bad at all. What are we talking about today?
0: Well, today we're going to be covering the non-trading fees charged by brokers. So last week we did all the trading fees. Um, And we spoke about, you know, the various swap fees and the spreads and the commissions charged by brokers, which are very important things to take into account. But a lot of traders don't realize that there are other fees that that are charged by brokers. And um, these can also affect their profitability. Um, And they include deposit and withdrawal fees, currency conversion fees, inactivity fees, and then fees for other services that are charged um by the broker for example you know via vps services and uh, copy trading services we did cover copy trading a bit last week but we're going to go a little bit more in depth into what these services are and how they're charged
1: yeah exactly there's i think we covered the actual cost of trading on copy trading you're often paying a commission and this time we're going to talk about how much it charges you even to just get started in copy trading which is you know it's you could kind of argue that it's a trading cost but we put it here we're going to talk about it here today. Um, but first we're going to talk about the big daddy of, uh, of non-trading fees, which are deposit and withdrawal fees. And these are, you know, they say on the tin. so basically how much does a broker charge you to deposit money with them? And how much does a broker charge you to withdraw money from your trading account? These generally, we're not going to include the fees charged by institutions, so like if you're if you're sending um, if you're depositing money by international bank transfer through a corresponding bank, the banks are going to charge you for that um, generally somewhere in the region of ten or twenty bucks u s dollars that is uh, to to both deposit and to withdraw, but those aren't charged by a broker. that's just the banking system uh, that's what they charge you and then. Other there's other things which are fair enough that are not really we're not really going to cover in too much detail because we think they're pretty fair. Um, are, there's months some brokers will charge um, monthly withdrawal limits so well, they're in charge they'll they'll put a limit on how much you can withdraw a month how many times you can withdraw every month and this is fair enough because every time you withdraw money uh, you know bro- there's a cost involved for the broker and so they want if you're trying to withdraw 10 times, 20 times a month, you know, th- those costs are going to mount up for the broker. I mean, so you usually find that some brokers will limit that to five, or some cases, three times a month that you can withdraw without incurring fees. Um, so yeah, those, those are the two things you got to keep in mind um, that are not, um, that are not really, those aren't unfair business practices.
0: But there are some things that we find unfair. So when we have a look at the the various brokers and we we rate them based on then on um, trading fees, um, you know we find things like, for example, percentages um, where a, a broker will say that you know they'll charge two percent of the amount that you're withdrawing and usually it's withdrawal fees and not so much deposit fees because obviously they want you to deposit sort of um, without without having an issue depositing or without having a cost for depositing but they'll always charge you a, a withdrawal fee well not always but most brokers will um, and when they charge a percentage um, it actually becomes quite a, a substantial amount especially if you're Trading in large volumes and you're withdrawing sort of large sums of money out. You know, if you if you trans, if you're withdrawing a thousand dollars out, you will be paying twenty dollars for that transaction. Never mind the the other fees uh, that will be charged by your bank or the credit card uh, institutions or scroll on a teller, depending on how you you withdraw that money. But, you know, it's something to really be aware of. Um, and then other other brokers will charge a, a flat rate. Um so for example Naga is one of the brokers we we've looked at and they they charge a flat rate depending on your tier or depending on how much money you've deposited with them um so the lower account tiers will be low deposit accounts and the higher account tiers you'll pay a higher minimum deposit and then lower fees for withdrawing and depositing um and in the lower tiers they'll charge you a 5 Dollar flat rate for for withdrawing funds from them, which is very expensive because sometimes you'll you'll be withdrawing multiple times a month, and these fees really do mount up. Um, so in the best case, uh, our, our favorite types of brokers are obviously those that don't charge deposit or withdrawal fees, um, and they're also an indicator of how the broker is going to treat you. Uh, if if they if they're charging high deposit and withdrawal fees, but they they're charging very low trading fees, you're still going to be paying them that money. So for us, a, a very good indication of a good broker is, um, firstly, that they publish what they're going to charge you, and secondly, that that they're not, you know, that they're not ripping, <laughs> ripping, you know, you off too badly with it. Um, but still, our worst uh, the worst thing that they can do is not publish these fees. And for you to have to really search that fine print to find out what you're going to be charged. Um, and that's obviously our job, is we go and search their websites and, you know, paste it all over the place if we find that there's something unfair going on.
1: Yeah, as you say, you know, the worst thing they can do is to not publish the deposit withdrawal, withdrawal fees at all. And we see that with a lot of, um, a lot of smaller brokers. Um, they won't publish at all. And then people get caught. Caught out when they try to take their money out, or even when they try to put their money in. And as you say, it's a good indicator of um, of how of how a broker is going to treat you overall. And it's interesting you brought up Nagga because another broker that comes to mind was uh, eToro. They used to charge a really high fee, a flat rate of twenty US dollars for withdrawal, Um, but there was a big outcry about it, and they've actually dropped that down. I think it's now five, a flat rate of five US dollars, which is still high in the industry, but it's a lot better than it used to be. Um, so yeah, always always read the small print when it comes to deposit and withdrawal fees and, and check out our reviews as well, because we'll tell you whether there's uh, deposit and withdrawal fees. Um, the other thing you've got to think of with, um, with fees is currency conversion fees. And these are very common. I think pretty much every broker is going to do it. There might be a couple out there who don't. Um, but these are the fees when if you're trading a currency, that is different from your account currency, then you're going to be charged a currency conversion fee. So if you've got an account in in let's say you, Alison, in South Africa in South African rand, and then you're trading the euro USD, you're going to be charged. You're, they have to convert your currency in order for you to trade on the euro USD, and most brokers will charge a markup on that. And the industry norm uh, is about 0.5% on top of the spot rate. The spot exchange rate uh so for instance ig ig formerly ig markets or still ig markets someplace i think um and oanda charge 0.5 uh, percent i know skilling and uh plus 500 charge a little higher about 0. 0.7 and um and that's you know in that but that's in that range it's not much
0: yeah, so on that note, it's, it's probably better then to, if you can, um, to open your account in, in U.S. dollars as well because you will often be charged a, a currency conversion fee uh, for, from tra- for transferring from one account to another um, in a different currency. So, for example, if you have a, a an account based in RAND or a bank account based in RAND, if you're South African, and you open an account at Etoro, for example. Now that they've allowed South Africans to open accounts with them, um, they only accept USD uh, trading accounts. So you will have to then pay a currency conversion fee to, to transfer your money from from a rand bank account into a, a US bank uh, into the USD trading account, um, and obviously you'll have to pay a currency conversion fee. What some people do then um, is, you know, especially if they're if they're trading huge volumes every month, is that actually open an account at a digital bank. Um, so, for example, in South Africa, we've just uh, found out that you can open an account at Time Bank, um, which then is denominated in in US dollars already. Um, and so you only pay that currency conversion fee once rather than multiple times when you're opening, uh, you know, depositing and withdrawing fees. Um, and your currency conversion fees are also much cheaper at digital banks because they, they obviously, they, you know, huge amounts and volumes of, of money are going through them every day. So that is another way that you save on currency conversion fees.
1: Yes, that is uh, that is another way. I mean, it's yeah having having a bank account based in US dollars is always going to help you before you even start. Um, I mean, the problem, of course, then is if you have a USD bank account, if you're trying to get it back into your local currency, whatever that is, uh, then you're still going to be charged. Uh, but that's that's you know that's that's an issue the world over. Um, we're getting a good exchange rate back into your local currency. But if you've got a specific trading account, trading a bank account that you use for depositing and withdrawing from uh, from your from your broker uh yeah it's pretty pretty advisable to keep that in US dollars because then you don't pay any you don't pay these zero point five percent or zero point seven percent conversion fees every time you open and close a trade
0: what I find quite often which is is a bit frustrating I mean especially because we're doing these reviews is that they often don't publish those fees so it's something that even if you search the websites and you ask customer service about you just cannot for well I cannot for the life of me find them. For most brokers. So it's quite impressive, firstly, if they publish them, and secondly, if the if the currency conversion fees are are lower than 0.5%.
1: Yeah, and this goes back to the, what we were just saying about now, just now about the deposit and withdrawal fees, like the worst thing you can do is not publish your fees at all, right? So, And it's the same thing with, um, with currency conversion fees. There is going to be a currency conversion fee, and if your broker doesn't publish it, or they bury it in the small print, then, you know, this is another signifier of of how fairly they're gonna treat you. Yeah, so I, I get you, it's, it's frustrating. And we often have to actually open accounts when we're doing reviews at brokers and then trade with their own money to see if the, what the fees are. And it's it's always better for, for brokers to be transparent and it's better for customers to work with brokers that are transparent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which brings us to another fee that most brokers actually do publish on their site um, is the inactivity fee. Um, and that's another one that that we delve into and publish all over our site, so that people can see what they're going to be charged if they forget about their accounts and and don't trade on them. Um, so inactivity fees are always charged on accounts that have been closed or ha- where there's no trading activity. That 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 you know, if, if trading activity hasn't happened for a while, um, and they're essentially administration fees that are required to keep the account open because obviously the the brokers opened a separate bank account in your name, um, you know, with your own money, which is the segregated uh, segregated or trust account. Um, So they obviously have to, uh, you know, they've got to pay the bank money to keep these accounts open. So if you stop trading or there's no trading activity on your account, then they're going to have to charge a, a fee the The fees basically range from ten USD per month after six months of no activity, which we find fair. Uh, you know that that sort of standard um, charge, but some brokers charge very high inactivity fees. So once you know after three months of inactivity, they may charge something like fifteen to twenty dollars per month, um, which we find very expensive. But as I said earlier, in this case, the trader does have control over over the matter. You know, they're able to uh, at least tell the broker that they're going to close their account or pause their accounts if, if they know that they're they not going to have a, a period of, of trading. Um, and an example of a very good broker that that doesn't charge any inactivity fees or, in fact, they don't charge. Um, they only charge swap fees, I think, after a few nights of trading and they, they don't charge deposit or withdrawal fees is Capital.com. Um, Capital.com is quite an exception, though. Um, but they are one of the few brokers that don't charge any inactivity fees.
1: Yeah, Capital.com are great um, when it comes to uh, all kinds of uh, non-trading fees. I mean, also, their trading fees are very low as well. But yeah, they're non-trading fees—they're really transparent, very open. Uh, no, no deposit charges, no withdrawal charges. As you say, no inactivity charges. Uh, very low swap, swap rates. Just uh, yeah, one of one of the best when it comes to this kind of thing. And um, and and as say, like uh, as we were saying, like it gives you a good sense of of the broker. You know, someone who's honest, transparent, and charges you low fees. I mean, this is this is what we want when you're when you're looking at this kind of thing for a broker. I mean, the other. And there's other fees as well, um, but those, I mean, those are the big ones, you know, deposit and withdrawal and inactivity, but there's other fees. We said at the top, Alison, there's uh, services that brokers may charge you for. I mean, one of the big ones is uh, VPS, uh, which is a virtual private server, which is a VPS, so VPS is where all your trading is run through a virtual private server, usually based in another country, very close to an exchange. Uh, so it's not actually based on your own computer. And this is really good for countries where like South Africa, um, where you have power cuts, um, is the main thing where you, where you think you're going to lose power or you're going to lose internet connection because then your trading can, can continue even when, um, even when you've lost power, which is very important in a lot of cases, but yeah, you'll generally be charged, uh, for a VPS. Um. And if you go through a broker to get a VPS service, you'll often get a discount. So I know that Pepstone uh, uses two different companies, I think, that you can sign up with, and then they'll charge, a. they have a 20, 25% discount on their VPS services. Uh, so it's generally comes out, if you're getting a basic VPS service to about to about 30 US dollars a month, I think. Uh, but it's good to know with VPS services, like if you trade high volume, like if you trade up 10, 15 lots, um, a month, then usually VPS uh, services become free, um, and this is fairly standard for the industry.
0: Um, so the other, the other fee, the other uh, service fees that we we've spoken about in our last episode, but I think we'll sort of get into a bit more detail here, Chris are. That brokers charge quite a high minimum deposits. So it's not that they charge this for the service, but they require a, an account balance um, of a certain amount to use copy trading services. So if you look at someone like you mentioned earlier, Paperstone, um, they you they will charge you five thousand. Well not charge you, you'll have to have an account balance of five thousand dollars to open Dupli Trade, which is its copy trading service. And uh Arbitrate, for example, will charge two thousand. Well, you'll have, it, as I said, an account balance of at least $2,000 to, to be able to use their copy trading services. But other brokers, um, we found other brokers that will actually charge you a spread markup to use their services, um, and this can become quite expensive. So it's it's very important to read that fine print uh, or read our reviews to find out if um, these third-party subscriptions are either subsidized if you're lucky or if they're you know that you're going to have to pay extra fees to to use the services and if i'm not mistaken chris i think you also have to so in in addition to paying a fee to use the copy trading um you know but as i mentioned with the spread markup you also have to if you're a follower then pay a percentage of your uh, profits over to the the strategy provider um so so Mm. there's there's two different fees involved there
1: yeah, there are exactly, and I think we talked about that last time. Like, so there's commission that you usually pay whoever you're following, um, and then on top of that, you know, in as you say, Pepstone's case, you have to have five thousand uh, dollars minimum balance just to even get involved. But yeah, so, but they're very popular these copy trading programs, and and you just need to, as you say, dig in, read the small print, read our reviews, uh, see what you're being charged uh, before you get involved. I mean, and and. This is the thing about eToro, actually, that makes them unique. Uh, traders are not charged any fees at all to copy trade, to follow the trades of other, of other traders. Um, it's their entire uh, business model, which is fantastic. I mean, I guess, I mean, what we're saying here is that if you're gonna copy trade, be prepared for fees, uh, be prepared for extra fees, be prepared to read the small print, and then, but if you're with eToro, then you don't have to worry about it. You can You can just copy whoever you want. Yeah so that and that's uh, that's copy trading fees and i guess um the final word here i guess on these kind of fees alison is um really like any other company how much you're going to get charged and how whether whether those charges are made transparent to you is really an indication of the kind of company you're working with
0: yeah and it's something that people really do need to be aware of you know uh, as we mentioned before people are often aware of the 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 trading fees that they're going to get charged, but they overlook the non-trading fees because they don't realize how much they can affect profitability. So it's really something to be aware of when you trade with a broker. And as you said, it's always a good indicator of how how they're going to treat you, um, sort of long term, and and whether you know and whether you want to form a relationship with a broker like that.
1: Absolutely, it's yeah, exactly, Alison. Exactly, that's that's a really good point. If you come across a broker that's got lots of hidden fees and non-transparent fees or don't publish their fees at all, you're going to think twice about whether you want to whether you want to sign up with them. Okay, well, I think that covers it for this week, Alison. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, and uh, send us a message. Get in touch if you want us to talk about anything in particular. And we'd love to hear feedback from you. Yeah, so until next time, Alison.
0: Cheers, Chris. Bye.